you know, God only makes one Bijan Robinson a year, yeah. you know, if, if that. I, I think having spent a, a year in the NFL as just a fly on the wall and then a, a year in broadcasting, it, it just, I was very disenfranchised with college football um, after the 2020 season. I think now having done this for a third time, you've got to prioritize what's important. Yeah. I mean, we didn't have this at Texas when we were there. <laughs> we, we didn't, you're laughing, we yeah. didn't. I realized um, in those two years that I really do believe that that was why God put me on this earth was yeah. to help young men. Before we get to the pod, I wanna tell you all about our newest sponsor, Athletic Greens. And let me tell you, when I found out about this sponsor, I was fired up because I've been using Athletic Greens for years and I wanna to promote to you guys the things I actually use. I love Athletic Greens. As a former Division I athlete, I've tried countless supplements and recently my nutrition and my health has become a bigger deal for me as I get farther away from my playing career. And let me tell you, Athletic Greens is the real deal, has me feeling healthy and energized every single day. With as much as I'm on the road, traveling, shooting podcasts, it's hard to have a healthy diet, hard to have healthy nutrition, hard for me to get my vitamins and minerals every single day. My doctor even told me that last time I saw him. But with Athletic Greens, I get 75 plus vitamins, minerals, and a bunch of other healthy things. I don't even know what they are, but I know they're good for you. And when I wake up every single day now, I feel energized, my digestion has never been better, and I'm ready to attack each and every day because of Athletic Greens and AG1. So if you wanna take ownership of your health like I am right Right now, try AG1 today at drinkag1.com slash next up and you get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs when you go to my link, tryag1.com slash next up. And guys, all of you who support this podcast, you guys supporting our sponsors helps me a ton. So please go support AG1 and support next up through the process and optimize your health and nutrition today. Drinkag1.com slash next up. Check it out. Before we get back to the pod, I got to tell you all something real quick. If you haven't heard already, it is smooth sack summer. That's right, this is the summer you keep your balls cool while still looking hot with Manscaped. Manscaped's the leader in below-the-waist grooming, and they all want us to have a ball this summer. Dive headfirst into smooth sack summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with my code ADAMB. Quick story for you guys about Manscaped. So last summer, before I was a Manscaped user, I was grooming myself before I went to the beach. And let's just say I had a little accident and nicked my balls the wrong way, I had a little bit of a cut. Now, normally I'm a big beach guy and dive right into the ocean. Now, normally I'm a big ocean guy, but this time I went headfirst into the salt water, and let's just say that grooming issue down below came back to haunt me in the worst possible way. That was when I went looking for a solution for my grooming, the family jewels, and I found Manscaped, and I've used it almost every single day. Well, not quite every day every other day since. So trust me, you're hearing it from me, a guy with experience, you need Manscaped to trim your family jewels because it is officially smooth sack summer. Go to manscaped.com, use my code ADAMB for 20% off and free shipping on your next order. And please guys, support the sponsors of this podcast because it helps me, allows us to travel around and have one amazing guest. So support Manscaped for sponsoring this pod. Go to manscaped.com, use the code ADAMB for 20% off and free shipping on your next order. What's up guys, welcome back to the Next Up Podcast. I'm Adam. Brenneman. We're in Boca Raton, Florida at the Florida Atlantic University campus talking to FAU head coach Tom Herman. You're one on the job. We're going to talk to him about all things college football, NIL, his career, his journey from Houston, Texas, OC at Ohio State to being here today and building this program to one of the best in the AAC. I've wanted to have Coach Herman on for a long time, so super thankful to him for saying yes and allowing us in his facility today. Before we get to the podcast, please subscribe below 
All of your support allows us to travel the country, have one amazing guest in college football, like the head coaches, like the great athletes. Press that subscribe button. Let's go talk to Coach Herman. Next up. Hey, sorry to keep no, you're all good. You're good. We're good. We got all the time in the world, man. How you doing? Great. You? I appreciate you doing this. I don't know uh, your history. What? What? What is? So you? You actually? Um, you? I'm assuming. Recruited me very briefly to Ohio State. So I had just committed from where? Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. I was a tight end in the class of 2013. You had just gotten the OC job at Ohio State. Yeah. And. Tim Hinton was the tight ends coach there, yep. was recruiting me, and then there were like two months where you were there. Um, Tim was at Notre Dame, so he yeah. probably knew of you from. Yep, so yeah, so then I, we never met, but I just knew. I remember when you got hired there, and, and uh, I ended up committing to Penn State. So I played at Penn State for uh, three years and then transferred to UMass, uh, played at UMass for two years. Yeah. <laughs> we actually we came down Who did here. You play for at, at Penn State? Uh, I played for O'Brien and Franklin. O'Brien and Franklin. O'Brien, yeah, so I was one year with O'Brien. O'Brien left for the Texans and then Franklin for two years. And then I went to UMass, and it was Mark Whipple. Mark Whipple. Yeah. yeah. Coach Whipple was slinging it around, like threw it 55 times yeah, a year. He's, he's <laughs> a G, man. Yeah. But, yeah, I appreciate you doing this. I'm excited. I, I've, uh, we've been doing kind of like a head coaches tour going all, all over to talk to different coaches. And Yeah, when I, did you, like, how did this come about for you? Yeah, uh, I mean, I started about a year ago um, doing but don't, it. Take me through. So you finish at UMass. So I finish at UMass. I was I was a All American two years in a row at UMass. Um, caught like seventy five passes at tight end two years in a row there. Was in the Senior Bowl, all that stuff, and then failed my physicals on my left knee. My left knee has been an issue since I was at Penn State. Cartilage damage, whole had multiple surgeries. Failed my physicals, retired from football, and then I, I coached. I was at I was with Coach Herm at ASU for for two and a half years. So Herm Evers at ASU. How how I mean, what was the Herm, tie, tie Herm, there? Herm was the head coach in the Under Armour All American game when I was in high school. Gotcha. So I knew Herm from that, and then Herm was at ASU. They they then made some coaching staff changes, and they had two wide receivers coaches. So they had uh, an inside receivers, outside receivers right. coach, no tight ends coach. So they were like, we need to find a GA that could also coach the tight ends. You know how that. And, yep. uh, and the strength coach at ASU was my strength coach at UMass. Oh, there you so go. there's a connection. They, he was like, oh, I got a guy that may want to coach. Called me. You know, I called me on a Friday. I moved to Arizona on a Monday. <laughs> you know how it goes. So you GA'd? GA'd, yeah, GA'd for a year. Was a tight ends coach there. And then whole staff gets wiped out at ASU. And then I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Had always liked media, and then about a year ago went all in on media. So I I um, do a bunch of stuff, but I, I called games last year for the first time with ESPN, which I, I know you did. And <laughs> had had fun doing that. God it's bless a, you. It's a whole different. Uh, yeah. It's a whole different. Like I said, I was listening to you talk to uh, Pete Thamel about it, and it's funny. I was you were talking about the. Um, like the growing pains of it. I remember when I first heard a producer talk in my ear it was when you're live on TV. Like, why are you talking? Uh, like, I'm talking and I'm supposed to listen to you while I'm talking. Like, yeah. I talk, it doesn't work that way. I, talk, I talked back to him the first time. He's, he's like, I'm in the middle of saying something. He's like, oh, he's counting air? down the commercial. I'm on like, air. I got you. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so then did that. So yeah, it's, uh, well, we've been, I've, I've had you on the list of coaches I want to talk to you for a while just because I, you know, you've, Perfect. you've been around a lot. So, um, you All right, want, are we? We going? Yeah, we're good. We're rolling now. We good? Year one at FAU. Um, how's the adjustment to the Florida life been? You, you liking it down here? Oh, it's been great. <laughs> it's been uh, unbelievable. You know, we when we set out uh, to get back in this, you know, we we wanted to 
make sure that a program check two boxes. Mm -hmm. One is my family comfortable and happy living there. And two, can you win championships? Mm -hmm. And this was one of, if not the only, um, spot that, that checked both those boxes and for the last seven months, couldn't be happier. Yeah. What, what was it about the administration, about just the, the foundation this program had that made you decide this was the job? Because I, I know, I've, or at least heard, there were other opportunities, other options over the last couple of years that made you say, FAU is the place I want to be a head coach again. Right. Yeah, I, I think a, a couple things. One, I, I've always said players and coaches win games, administrations win championships. Mm -hmm. And uh, from the very first uh, interaction, with Brian White, Mary Gardenia, the administration here at FAU, it was very apparent their commitment um, to winning championships. Mm -hmm. And with the facilities, the location, the recruiting base, that, I mean, you, you, you ball all of that together um, and it, it just, it was the right, place at the right time for us because I do believe that FAU, we, we are on the cusp of something really, really big. How big was the, the conference change to the AAC? Uh, and then you mentioned the facilities. This place has great facilities, great stadium. Um, you know, it's, a, it, it's in a great recruiting location. How important were all those things, especially the conference? I mean, going to the AAC, which is a, obviously a better, more competitive conference, more exposure, those kinds of things. Well, yeah, having, having spent time in the American yeah. when, when we were at Houston, I, I knew that that conference is you know, head and shoulders uh, above mm -hmm. any of the other quote-unquote um, non-autonomous five. Mm -hmm. uh, and... It, it was a little bit, uh, it, 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 it made for a little bit of a pause because you, you've got to make sure that your talent can compete yeah. at that level. And when we got here, when we explored this opportunity, we, we really looked at, okay, from an, an athlete standpoint, can we compete day in and day out? Yeah versus the schools that are in the American, the answer was yes. Yeah. And I do think that we have the kind of talent here to do that and then to be in that conference with Tulane and mm -hmm. Memphis. And uh, I mean, I, we just had our head coaches meetings last week. I, I think, you know, in the last 10 years, the American has sent eight different schools to New Year's Day, yeah, or New Year's Six bowl games, and we've won six of them. Yeah, so um, it is a very, very competitive conference that I felt like we felt like we also had the the talent to mm -hmm. be able to come in and compete immediately. Yeah. You mentioned the talent. Uh, I'm curious, just about your recruiting philosophy at a place like this, where it's in a great location, so it's easy, you know, not easy, but you get 
it's a place kids want to come visit. It's a place that that you have the appeal of the weather, all those kinds of things. At the same time, it's a location that everyone in the country comes to recruit. Mm. Every school in America, to from USC to Penn State to Michigan, they're all Notre Dame. They're all coming here to recruit. So you're competing with them along with Florida, Florida State, all those you know Miami, the powerhouses. What's the dynamic like? What's your philosophy? What's your strategy when it comes to recruiting the state of Florida? Well, I think the philosophy was is uh, very similar to what we had at Houston, mm-hmm. meaning um, are, are we going to beat Florida and Florida State on kids yeah. from this area? More times Probably than not, not. no. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, are we going to try? Yes. Are, are there one-offs? Yes. I mean, we mm-hmm. signed Ed Oliver at, at Houston, yeah. you know, so. Five-star, right? Yeah. Yeah. Five, yeah. So, um, you know, it happens. Uh, long story short, we, we understand the the pond that we're swimming in or mm-hmm. fishing in a little bit and i i really do believe that if we can make sure that in dade broward and palm beach county if we can make sure that the young people understand in in those three counties especially and the entire state of florida mm-hmm. but but those three counties especially we we, we don't want some you know, uh, mid-level, quote, power five school coming in, you know, from Oregon or Indiana Mm -hmm. or New Jersey, you know, coming in and and thinking and convincing a kid that going 3,000 miles away is in their best interest. We, We need to make sure that the kids that are local, the kids that are in our Mm-hmm. Um, tri-county area that they understand that we're their hometown yeah. division one college football team and that yeah. I've never met a general manager that has ever said hey we're gonna draft that guy because of the patch <laughs> on right. his on his jersey or yeah. because of the conference that he plays in it, it, it doesn't happen mm-hmm. and great players get drafted because of their resume in college Mm -hmm. and we want to make sure that uh, the recruits in in our area in our backyard understand that um, they're going to play a very very high level of football and be exposed to the national football league Mm -hmm. right here in their own backyard is that part of your your recruiting pitch is especially for guys that may have some other offers power five offers you can come here and be not a big fish in a small pond, but you can be you can be the guy here. You know, you can come in and, and maybe better chance to play right away. Maybe um, you know, not don't have to go far away and go to a, a power five, but come dominate at home. Is that kind of what you said? Yeah, I I, yeah. I think. I mean, you have no idea the the amount of phone calls we get from guys that go far away, out of state because Try to come they. Back. <laughs> They thought Power Five <laughs> yeah. was the way to go, and they want to come home. They yeah. want to come home, and I, I think the stat is like ninety percent of kids that transfer in Division One football transfer within one hundred and fifty miles yeah. uh, from their hometown, and so we understand that aspect of it. If if we lose a recruit mm-hmm. to one of those out of state far away places Let, let's make sure we have a great relationship yeah. with him and his family so that when he is inevitably <laughs> ready ready to transfer that 
um, we've got a home for him. But yeah. I, I think it's it's just absolutely paramount for us to create a culture, a vision, a dynamic uh, throughout Dade, Broward, and Palm Beach County that, guys, you, you don't have to leave home. Yeah. Like, I promise you, you don't. And that, that's not a recruiting pitch. That's not um, a, a sales job. That is an old man <laughs> that's been around the block a time or two that understands the way things go. And we're giving you an opportunity yeah. to stay close to home and and play and develop at the level that you probably wouldn't get had you had you gone yeah. out of state i'm not sure i would ever leave here if i if i grew up here i mean you have, i think the I, sign says winning in paradise right? yes. <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure your family was pretty happy when you told them you were taking the fau job <laughs> they, they they were yeah this this i mean you can see the Atlantic Ocean from the top <laughs> of our stadium. Yeah. I mean, like, it's you incredible. know, and we, we, we've got, we're 1.8 miles away from the beach, yeah. and, and that's all good, and I get that. And obviously it beats some other destinations in the country, certainly, <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's not the only thing yeah. we have to sell here either. Yeah. And the palm trees and the sunshine and the beach, uh, phenomenal. and. If I were seventeen year old senior in high school, I would be absolutely um, intoxicated by it. But the the other things, the the quality of our staff, I mean we have national champions on our staff. We have former division one head coaches on our staff. Uh, the the quality of training that you're gonna get in, in these facilities, our strength coach, the nutrition program, I mean I, I just it, there's a lot more to sell yeah, than, than just the palm trees and <laughs> yeah. sunshine. However, <laughs> I wouldn't trade the palm trees and sunshine. <laughs> you can't beat it. Before we get to the pot, I want to tell you all about our newest sponsor, Athletic Greens. And let me tell you, when I found out about this sponsor, I was fired up because I've been using Athletic Greens for years, and I want to promote to you guys the things I actually use. I love Athletic Greens. As a former Division I athlete, I've tried countless supplements, and recently, my nutrition and my health has become a bigger deal for me as I get farther away from my playing career. And let me tell you, Athletic Greens is the real deal, has me feeling healthy and energized every single day. With as much as I'm on the road traveling, shooting podcasts, it's hard to have a healthy diet, hard to have healthy nutrition, hard for me to get my vitamins and minerals every single day. My doctor even told me that last time I saw him. But with Athletic Greens, I get 75 plus vitamins, minerals, and a bunch of other healthy things. I don't even know what they are, but I know they're good for you. And when I wake up every single day now, I feel energized, my digestion has never been better, and I'm ready to attack each and every day because of Athletic Greens and AG1. So if you want to take ownership of your health like I am right now, try AG1 today at drinkag1.com slash next up and you get a free one-year supply of vitamin d and five free travel packs when you go to my link tryag1.com slash next up and guys all of you who support this podcast you guys supporting our sponsors helps me a ton so please go support ag1 and support next up through the process and optimize your health and nutrition today drinkag1.com slash next up check it out before we get back to the pod i want to tell you guys about prize picks the best way to fire on sports it's how i fire
higher on sports every time there's a big game. Prize Picks is different than regular sports betting. On Prize Picks, you pick players and not teams. So every player has a set projection for each game. Say Steph Curry, 30 points total, and you pick higher or lower than 30 points. And if it hits, you win. So if you know sports and know players and know how they're going to perform in each game, you can make tons of money on Prize Picks. And the best part is Prize Picks is fantasy, not sports betting, so it's legal in most states, all the states in the yellow below. And now here's the best part. I have a $100 deposit bonus for you guys. Use the code NEXTUP when you download the Prize Picks app or click the link in the description, and you'll get a $100 deposit bonus to use the next time you want to fire on Prize Picks. Uh, you mentioned uh, the, this being a transfer destination. Curious to hear your thoughts on, I mean, college football has changed so much, even from the last time you were head coach to now. I mean, it's it's completely different in a lot of different ways from the NIL to the portal, the combination of the two together, right? The portal times NIL. I don't even know where to start. How has it changed your philosophy from a recruiting standpoint, scholarship allotment, you know, how, how many how many scholarships you're, you're saving for transfers versus, and then even like staff. I mean, you got You probably have a pro per, um, or a college personnel guy. I mean, we it's did. changed everything, right? Yeah, it, it is. And we were prepared for it. Uh, the portal is nothing new. We, we the, yeah. the portal we had when we were at Texas, NIL right, yeah. was um, about to come online, mm -hmm. if you will, and and we were prepared for that. But you're right. I mean, the the combination of the two and guys getting plucked from your roster to go for a yeah. $50,000 NIL deal to some other place because they, they think that's important. You know, it, it has changed. Probably the most that it has changed for me is the fact that you've got to constantly recruit your own roster. Mm. And it's difficult, but it, it, it's the way that business is done. And, you know, I, I got this job in December and could have gone on the road my first week on the job. And I chose to stay here for an entire week to meet with the current players mm -hmm. on our roster and, and recruit them rather than go yeah. on the road and recruit. And so, um, you know, we're, we're doing a really good job of, um, you know, I know that there is a collective in place. I know that our guys have tremendous business opportunities mm -hmm. uh, here in Palm Beach County and, and Dade and Broward County, certainly. And we want to provide that to them. But I, I think the biggest thing is, like you said, roster management. Like, mm -hmm. what is my roster going to look like three <laughs> yeah. months from now compared yeah. to right now? Mm -hmm. um, and then the willingness and ability to recruit your own roster and make sure that the the good players stay yeah you know it's it's when when you're talking to kids in the portal and high school recruits are they talking and asking about nil as much as the media thinks they are because it, the media makes it seem like everything's all about nil all the time and i'm curious i've asked a few coaches this and they all pretty much said the same thing is it as prevalent as as everyone thinks it is no yeah um Especially at our level. Yeah. I, I think it is a secondary um, question that, mm -hmm. that gets asked by recruits and, and parents and, and family members, but it is certainly not at the forefront of, of what we do mm -hmm. in recruiting. Um, I, I think they're smart in just asking, hey, what are 
what do the opportunities at a place like FAU, yeah. what do those look like? And we can describe and, and talk to them about that, but I haven't met one yet from transfer or freshman recruit to mm -hmm. where that is the end all be all. Yeah. I heard you on that, the, uh, the one podcast I, I listened to, you tell a story about Braxton Miller and, uh, and I was, I've been I've been on this bandwagon for I was a long laughing. time. I, I'd, I'd, lo I'd love to hear some like more thoughts on the on nil and maybe like what went wrong, what what can get right about it, how can, how it can get fixed. I don't. Ooh. I know there's a lot of people that are trying to make those decisions, but right. you know, you, you said on what I listened to that you knew nil that something with nil was going to have to come because you know the NCA is selling <laughs> selling jerseys. They're trying to investigate. They're trying to get guys for you know different things like that. Right. Well, I, I think, you know, you're, you're right. I mean, over 10 years ago, I, I got really riled up when I had to deal with an issue with um, Braxton Miller at, at Ohio State, and I, I got uh, pretty defensive of, of him and his ability to earn um, off of what he has done individually. And so I, I believe the premise of NIL is been needed for the longest of times. Mm -hmm. And I think that it is something that is very much long overdue uh, for all of our players. Every human, in my opinion, that wa is walking the planet should be able to monetize their name, image, and likeness yeah. Uh, if the market says that <laughs> that is what you deserve. And so I'm glad that we've taken that step. Now, <laughs> uh, we, we've got to find a way to get it out of recruiting. Mm -hmm. um, I, I know the NCAA had the best of intentions when they allowed for uh, name, image, and likeness compensation to be provided to our players. But I think as we all know now, it's become uh, with collectives and with contracts and all that is it, it has become at certain places a recruiting uh, inducement. Yep. And we, we've got to find a way. I, I don't know the answer to that uh, other than continuing to crack down when, when we have evidence of it. Um, but we, if, if we can find a way to get it out of recruiting and get it back into what it was meant for, was for the Braxton Millers of the world <laughs> yeah. that some other organization is making money off of his name and yeah. his jersey. There's a return on investment there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then he, he should be the one. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, reaping the benefits of, of his hard work and, and performance. Yeah. But what, what we've got to figure out how to get out is, you know, just paying guys to pay guys that haven't earned, yeah. you know, their market value in name, image, and likeness. Yeah, it seems like the NIL at its core and the portal at its core is great. But yeah. it's, it's the combination that makes it the issue. Correct, Right. correct. Yeah, uh, I'm curious to hear how, you know, when you when you took the, the couple years, you know, you were in media, how you decided that 
you wanted to be a head coach again? Like, what what was the process there? Was it ever a thought of maybe I wouldn't be it? I wouldn't coach again? And then what made you say I, like, I, I want to? I miss I miss coaching because too the one the fun the funny thing to think about for me is like how different a coach's life is than like if you're not coaching. I mean, they're just so different than the real world versus coaching. They they are. Um, I I think having spent a, a year in the NFL as just a fly on the wall and then a, a year in broadcasting it, it just I was very disenfranchised with college football um, after the 2020 season and so taking some time off was great but I miss players mm-hmm. uh, I, I missed them immensely and I realized um, in those two years that I really do believe that that was why God put me on this earth was to help young men and I really take that part of my job uh, more seriously than than any other part Mm -hmm. and so it was really just the fact that I don't, I don't, when you have a calling and yeah. you're not, you're not involved <laughs> in that calling, yeah. the calling calls you, yeah. <laughs> you know, and yeah. uh, it was important for me to get back around players and, and be able to mentor young men. Did you gain some uh, respect for the broadcasting industry from that year? <laughs> a lot of respect, actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, being a color guy, that that was hard, man. Yeah. That, that was that was really I, really hard. As a coach, I feel like you almost know too much football to be a color guy, right? Well, You're almost too yeah, smart. I, I, I use the example. I the, the defense made a good play, and I said, uh, you know, yeah, they were in cover two, and the corner squatted in the flat, and this, that, and the other happened. We go to commercial, and the producers like, hey, when we come back, explain to the audience what cover two is and what squatting in the flat means. And I was just like, like, it's cover two. What are you mean? serious? <laughs> <laughs> it's cover two. Like, That's hilarious. But yeah, I mean, yeah. It, 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 it gives you a newfound perspective on um, how the public uh, digests your yeah. game, yeah. you know, and a lot of it is reliant upon the yeah the broadcasters that um, educate them. Yeah. What's, uh, what's something that maybe you've changed about your philosophy or just if you look back at your prior head coaching stops as different, something you do different now, um, you know, that maybe you learned from or, or just something that's changed your philosophy? I'm good on that one. I, I don't want to get too far into me and gotcha. I want to steer it back to this program. Okay. Yeah, let me see. You've got great hair, by the way. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> Appreciate it. Um, can we talk about? I want to ask you who, who's, what other coaches that made a big impact in your career? Can we talk sure. about? Sure. Yeah, All that's right. fine. Um, I would think certainly the the first one um, or first two would be my two college coaches, mm-hmm. uh, Scott Squires and Ben McEnroe at Cal Lutheran. Believe yeah. it or not. Um, you know, coaches have had a tremendous impact on, on my life. Uh, then certainly uh, a man that I consider my mentor to this day um, is Greg Davis, who 
was the offensive coordinator at Texas when, when I was a graduate assistant. Mm-hmm. Kind of basically taught me football. Yeah. And, um, and then probably the guy I referenced the most in terms of developing myself as a young coach is Ron Randleman. Um, mm-hmm. Was the head coach at Sam Houston State for 24 years. I spent four years with him. Two of those years were playoff run years in, in FCS. And um, he he taught me a lot about, you know, coming from being a player to a GA to now a full-time yeah. coach. What is it going to take? What kind of personality? What kind of uh, lines do you need to draw mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, setting boundaries and all that. So, yeah. uh, though those coaches definitely, uh, and, and David Bailiff, mm-hmm. uh, at, at Texas state and rice, he really, really proved and taught me the value of relationships with players mm-hmm. and the value of making sure that as big a business as college football becomes, the players are what matter. Yeah. And that's why we got into this. And that's why we stay in this. And we should never forget that. And he really reinforced the value of relationships with players Mm -hmm. and fighting for the yeah. players at, at every turn. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I, I heard you talk a little bit um, on another show at one point about um, mellowing out a little bit or not 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 being as, um, you know, in practice, not yelling as much, and then also spending more time around the players. Where, where, where did that come from? And is that just, you know, from being around and seeing a lot of things and, and you know, adjusting kind of how you, how you operate? Yeah, I think just experience. Yeah. I, I think you grow with the times, and I think, this generation of players <laughs> yeah. needs that. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes you feel good. It, it's it's a lot like it like being a dad. Yeah. You feel good about all the work you do behind the scenes, about mm-hmm. getting them a new grass practice field, about <laughs> yeah. build, building a new facility, getting them more uh, in their per diem check. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what you know you're. You're fighting these battles daily realize. for the players, and <laughs> they never see it, right? They, they, they don't, and that's okay. Yeah. And so I, I think, you know, much like a, a child, my, my kids, mm-hmm. if you will, you know, they, they, don't, they don't care how much money you make. They don't, yeah. they, they don't care how big the house is. Mm-hmm. They, they just want dad. Yeah. And I think that's what you know, today's generation wants. So they mm-hmm. just, they just want coaches to be around. They, they want yeah. coaches to have genuine relationships with them. And that's right up my alley. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm pretty good at that. Yeah. As a, from a coaching perspective, uh, being a head coach where you're making decisions on third down, fourth down, field goal, going Go for it. it. <laughs> that's usually your philosophy. Yes. But my question is, how much do you rely on your own instincts versus the book 
and what <laughs> the guy in the booth is telling you. Because I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm not sure if you have it, but every coach I've seen has, has a guy that the book says, <laughs> "Oh yeah, fourth and two, we're going yeah, for it." For, we, you know, we so call I, it the binder. The binder. We, we've got the binder. Yeah, the Bible, the book. The yeah. Binder. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, how much do you use that? Surprisingly, as aggressive as we've been in in my history as a head coach over uh, the years. Um, we, we've been one of the more aggressive teams on, on fourth down. I'm actually more conservative than the, the binder, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. so just a peek behind the curtain. So after every second down with, within, you know, regular parameters, like mm -hmm. I'm not talking about from the minus three the open field, what, yeah. Yeah, yeah, open field yeah. after the second down. I've got a guy in my ear that's saying fourth and two is a go. Mm -hmm. So it may be third and six. Yeah, I need four. And yeah. I need four, you know. And, and so that information is important mm -hmm. for sure and helps determine decisions that you make. But, <laughs> I, I mean, we, I've had a guy, I've had, you know, we'd be on the minus 30 and, <laughs> You know, it's go for it. second and ten. They say hey, minus two is a go. I said, you minus two is a go. Yeah. We're not. Yeah. Uh, sorry, yeah. uh, but no, I have. Uh, we rely on it quite a bit. Yeah. I, I think the the two point charts that they provide are unbelievable. I think the uh, time management charts yeah, that's, that's that, the toughest that, part right? that they provide are invaluable. The fourth down stuff uh there's the analytics are still yeah. probably more aggressive than mm -hmm. any of us coaches want to be yeah. so I, I think that part gets a little bit into gut feel but mm -hmm. you at least have that information provided to you that you yeah. can add to the piece of the puzzle while you're trying to make that yeah. decision this is where on the podcast i get in trouble because i go down the football questions too much uh, i'm curious to hear about your uh, how you go about game planning during the week? What the with the staff? What the you know? I've seen it done different ways. I think that's a part of the game that fans always. I get asked about it a lot actually from fan questions like, "Are you? Uh, is it you know from the the days of the week? And when are you doing third down? When are you doing red zone? How do you split up the field? All that kind of stuff." Well, this year will be new for for me because we're going to move towards a morning practice schedule. Got it. Yeah. And. We've always been morning practice in the spring, but we've been afternoon mm -hmm. in the falls. And so this will be new for me in, in the fall. But Sundays, just philosophically, mm -hmm. Sundays, you bring them in, uh, you flush out, you know, you do a little lift and run with a strength coach to mm -hmm. flush out the soreness of the, the game the day before, mm -hmm. plus the celebration party <laughs> the night before hydrate them up a little bit <laughs> yeah exactly um and then you know we let them go monday is all game planning all day uh, coaches players are off from activity football wise mandatory activity yeah. and then tuesday is first and second down open field mm -hmm. wednesdays are third down in red zone and then Thursdays are kind of a catch-all, you know, repeat of mm -hmm. some of the stuff that maybe you 
you, you need another look at from Tuesday, but didn't get it Wednesday. So now you yeah. got to get it Thursday, as well as we do some, you know, mock drives, you know, so that the kids get a feel for, uh, you know, the down and distance changing, the field position changing, all mm -hmm. of that. So we'll drive the field uh, a couple different times versus scout team. And then Friday, uh, I'm very proud of this. Like we'll, we go out and we play games and have a good time for about oh, 20 right. minutes. And then we have about a 45 minute walkthrough offense mm -hmm. separate from defense. And then when we go to the hotel or we get on the plane, I tell my coaches, there's no more football. Mm -hmm. Like, we're done. And so when we're at the hotel, we I call it Family yeah. Fridays. Like, yeah. we're, we're going to, we have chapel. Then, you know, we've got a room where we watch the Friday night game of the week. We've got mm -hmm. a room that's got a movie. We've got a room that's got dominoes and spades and connect four is like a big thing like i, I, I didn't know that chess so we had gonna a come couple back. guys wanted, wanted to play chess so uh i tell my coaches because i've been on those staffs where mm -hmm. we meet them till 10 o'clock at night on a friday night until their eyes are bloodshot mm -hmm. and it's like yeah guys if if they don't have it know by friday at the hotel <laughs> you better not call it on Saturday in the game. I don't yeah. care how much you meet, yeah. <laughs> you know? So we, we, we make sure that Fridays is a, are, are a big day of fellowship and, yeah. and family and, and just kind of bonding. Yeah. You haven't bought into the fast Friday phenom that a lot of these programs are doing. I have, uh, <laughs> have tried it? I've researched it. Yeah. Um, you know, which means you would walk through on Thursday, Thursday yeah. no sweat Thursdays, and then fast <laughs> yeah. Fridays. I, I have, and, and I get the science behind it uh, mm. about the, the central nervous system and um, charging that thing up, you know, mm. 24 hours before a game. But I also know that our Thursday practices are full speed. Yeah. And if we were then to try to do those on Friday, it wouldn't be as it, it just yeah. it, it it wouldn't work. Yeah, so you're almost you're almost half speed on two days then, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. and I don't, I don't I don't, don't want to do that. <laughs> we gotta be fast. <laughs> Hold up a second. Father's Day's right around the corner, and you haven't gotten your dad anything yet. What are you doing? Don't worry, that's where the sponsor of today's show, Manscaped, comes in. I got you guys covered. You guys both know he needs some serious grooming in his life. Most dads do. So grab your dad the Performance Package 4.0 and help him contain the beast. And the reality is it's a win-win situation for both mom and dad. I think mom will like it a lot. Go to manscaped.com and use the code ADAMB for 20% off and free shipping on your next order for Father's Day. I'm even helping you save some money on your Father's Day gift. Manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. Get your dad what he really needs for Father's Day from Manscaped. And as always, please support the sponsors of this podcast by supporting Manscaped. You can support me and Next Up and allow us to keep putting on more and more amazing podcasts for all of you. Manscaped.com. Use the code ADAMB for 20% off and free shipping. Before we get back to the pod, I want to tell you all about an awesome offer I have for you on Prize Picks. I have a special code, Next Up. Next Up is the code. Put it into Prize Picks when you download the app and you'll get a $100 deposit bonus the next time you play. 
Prize Picks is the best way to fire on sports. I use it all the time. And on Prize Picks, you pick players, not teams. So if you know sports and know players and know how they're going to perform, you can ball out on Prize Picks. Use the code NEXTUP for $100 deposit bonus or click the link in the description below. Let's fire on Prize Picks. Another uh, part that I've asked some coaches about that the fans really like hearing about is when you get hired as a head coach at a place like this, What's the next week like when you get hired? Because it's a whirlwind, right? You, as you oh, mentioned, you're recruiting smokes. your own staff. You're recruiting your own players, trying to hire a staff. You got a million. Th like you, people don't even know who your coaches are. You don't know where your office is, and kids are calling you trying to transfer. Right? Take us through the first week on the job here. What was going on? <laughs> oh, it, it's like trying to drink out of a fire hose. <laughs> I, I, I know that expression gets used a lot, but. Yeah. It, it's just so much coming at you. And I think now having done this for a third time, you've, you've, you've got to prioritize what's important. And, you know, for me here, the current players were by far the most important thing because I, I knew that we had a talented roster. And then beyond that is um, getting to know the key stakeholders slash decision makers uh, throughout the administration and beyond. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, hiring a staff. I was blessed. I, I mean, I don't know if it's ever been done before, but I kept four assistant coaches from the previous staff and the strength coach. Wow. And couldn't couldn't be happier that I did. Mm -hmm. uh, those guys and Brandon Harris, Ed Warner, Derek Gibson, Chad Lunsford, and then obviously our strength coach Joey Garasio. Mm -hmm. Like what a what a godsend that was for mm -hmm. me. Not just um, from a staff standpoint for the long term, but in terms of your question, mm -hmm. it alleviated a little bit of the um, pressure on me because I had such a good yeah. core group of guys already here. Mm -hmm. And then is the, the meetings with the players and then trying to get them to stay, but also the recruits you're talking to. How does it come when you're, how, how's it go when you're trying to take over a recruiting board or figure out even who you're recruiting and who the, is it just chaos? <laughs> yeah, and, and right, wrong, or indifferent, I didn't, I didn't care. If yeah. you were committed to FAU, you were committed, we were yeah. gonna honor it. And yeah. um, I didn't watch a whole lot of film because they, they had a pretty um, healthy class committed mm -hmm. already. I, I obviously wanted them to get to know me so yeah. I, you know you start calling and visiting and, and all that but it was i i don't think uh, a recruit should suffer when a head coaching no doubt. decision is made uh, to make a change it, it just felt like the right thing to do to make yeah. sure that we honored all those commitments and then get started on the the yeah. next class how do you guys go through your uh your offer process when you know some programs in the country throw out 600 offers a class, some are more strict with who they actually offer. What, what's your philosophy on that in FAUs? Oh, um, it's changed over the years. I do understand that in today's day and age, it is very, very difficult 
to recruit a young man without saying the word offer. offer. <laughs> What's that even mean though, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so like we're, we're, we're just replacing words <laughs> at, at this point, right? I mean, what offer used to mean means, hey, we like you, <laughs> you know? Like, so we, yeah. we have probably offered more guys than what I am used to mm -hmm. for a class, but we also understand that we're not going to say yes to a kid that we're not sure yeah. can help us win a championship. Yeah. And so I think that's the important part. Do, do coaches that go on the road, do I, do I get now? Maybe I didn't get before that mm -hmm. they may need to say that word. Yes, I get it. Mm -hmm. um, but at, at the end of the day, there's going to be a much more extensive evaluation process yeah. beyond just yeah. saying that word before you say yes yeah, yeah. Um, Casey Thompson a, a kid you got the transfer here who played for you at at Texas I believe right and then um went to the portal what was what was that process like getting Casey here to, to come with you and, and be the quarterback and and how cool is it that he wanted to come play for you after being with you somewhere previously uh a, a couple things I I I want what's best for Casey yeah. and you know, I, I helped him in his journey when he, when he left Texas, he called me for advice and you know, we talked over the different options that he had at the time and, and what would be best and so on and so forth. So, um, we've had a relationship for a long time. I think we counted eight years now. Wow. Uh, from when you started recruiting him? Yeah. From, from when I started <laughs> recruiting him. Uh, so, I, I think my confidence in, in Casey has been evident for the last eight years. Mm. <laughs> um, and circumstances have maybe made him make a couple detours than yeah. what he had originally planned. But the fact that him and his family trust me and, and our staff enough for I told him I said Casey you don't get another shot at this yeah like this is it <laughs> yeah and I'm, I want to make sure that if you're going to make this decision to to come play here and compete for a job at Florida Atlantic that this is the right decision for you and your career not just the right decision for mine and your relationship. Yeah. And I think he was appreciative of, of that honesty and, you know, decided that this was the, mm -hmm. the best thing for, for his career. And uh, we're excited to have him. I mean, this is a guy that's started, uh, you know, two seasons for two different Power yeah. Five programs. Played, played a lot of ball. <laughs> He's played a lot of football. Yeah. He understands our culture understands our language mm -hmm. and you know thus far has, has been a, a really good transition yeah. you've seen a ton of court ton of really good quarterbacks in college football i mean the, the list is long you've developed a ton yeah i've got I'm, I'm gonna have words with bill Connolly on his 75 you guys didn't see that his 75 what was it? 75 
he ranked the 75 best quarterbacks from the year 2000. Uh, and in my opinion, he left a few out. So um, a <laughs> couple guys I coached that were really, really phenomenal players. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, well, I'll, we'll have to check out that list, and we'll, we'll, we'll make a little video on it. Um, but at, with all the quarterbacks you've seen, and now how much the game has changed and how it's gotten you know, more spread out, you've been doing it for a long time that way, what, what does the ideal quarterback for college football look like right now? If you had to draw them up from paper, what's the prototype, athleticism, size, all that kind of stuff? What are you looking for? You're going to laugh at me and you're going to call me corny, but <laughs> it's the same as it's ever been yeah. for 100 years. I, I mean, to play that position, to play the quarterback position, requires so much more than the measurables, than yeah. the, the tangibles. Um, I want a competitor. I want a guy that when he's playing his great grandma in tiddlywinks, he wants to skunk her. You know, like <laughs> you're not beating yeah. me at, at anything. I want a leader. I want, I want a guy that can make the players around him better. Mm -hmm. uh, I want a guy that's intelligent. And, and by that, you, you don't need a 4.0. Mm -hmm. there, there's a, uh, a difference between football intelligence and, and book intelligence. Mm -hmm. Like the game, the, the great ones I've been around, I, I, I use the phrase all the time, the game just makes sense to them. Yeah. Like they just, they see it differently and slower and mm -hmm. more um, tactical yeah. maybe than, than others. Um, and then you, you get into, you know, some of the tangibles like I know this height doesn't matter yeah. uh, anymore. That was my next Thank question. God, yeah. no. <laughs> that was my next one. <laughs> Thank God the NFL has caught on to that. Um, when did you realize that? At what point in your career? Oh, very early. Yeah. Probably when I was coaching Chase Clement at Rice, yeah. who threw for forty-four hundred yards and. Mm -hmm. 50 touchdowns or what, I don't know, but I mean, something well, close to that. But he couldn't see over the line, what do you mean? Yeah, and he was 5'11". He'll tell yeah. you he's six foot, but he was, he's 5'11". Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it didn't matter. Mm -hmm. the, the, those guys, they, they find windows, they find lanes, they, it's about timing and all of that. And so they understand who they are mm -hmm. and can adjust their release to make up for any yeah. deficiencies. But yeah, height has been overrated for a long time. Yeah. And I, I think the common denominator in all the great ones are the intangibles. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not, you know, go, go look at the difference between, oh, I don't know, uh, Drew Brees and Dan Marino. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, light years apart physically. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But they've they have it, mm -hmm. you know, and the the it is very hard to define, but you know it, you know, when you see it and when you feel it. Yeah. The NFL is just now picking up on the height, the height train. Right. <laughs> the last couple of years, really. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, when Baker Mayfield and yeah, Kyler Baker Murray Kyler, go back to yeah. back years as the number yeah. one pick. Yeah. I, I was I was proud of the yeah. NFL. <laughs> <laughs> Love to see it. Who's uh Who's the best competitor you've been around? In your oh career? boy, Whew. 
You're going to get some calls after you name one person here. <laughs> no. I'm probably going to name a few. I'm going to... Can I give you yeah, give just one from maybe yeah. each, each stop? Perfect. Um, definitely at Texas, it, it was Sam Ellinger and Joseph Osai. Um, at Houston, it's not even close, was Greg Ward Jr. and Landon Roberts. Um, at Ohio State, JT Barrett. Mm-hmm. Uh, prior to that, at oh, Iowa State, probably Alexander Robinson, our uh, tailback. Rice, James Casey, not even close. Mm-hmm. Um, before that, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we're going back. Uh, yeah, now, right? no, those, those are some names. I mean, I. I hate to brag, I've been around some really no freaking good ones, man. Yeah. And guys that you, I, anybody on this planet would would want in their bunker. Mm-hmm. Um, some bona fide dudes, man. Yeah. And um, those are the guys I like being around. What, what's the, I, I asked you about their best competitors. What's something that all those guys had in common? Was it their leadership style? Was it... They didn't. They didn't care about being liked. Yeah, I, I think nowadays, and you're gonna get me on a soapbox here, Adam. Um, I love it. Let's get no, on. It. <laughs> well, nowadays, when you're on social media, every app, from Instagram to Twitter to Snapchat, has a what button, like button, yeah. right? I've yet to see the respect button. And I think too often in today's generation, they worry about being liked. Mm -hmm. And that is not a qualification for being a good leader. Yeah. It is not. Yeah. Um, Be respected? Absolutely. That's the number one Mm -hmm. uh, qualification of, of being a good leader. And can you have both? Yeah, you can. I, I, Sam Ellinger uh, was respected as all get out and liked, and liked yeah. by many different factions of the team. Mm-hmm. You know, go go ask Michael Jordan's teammates if they liked him. I don't know what the answer would be, but they respected the hell out of him, <laughs> and they they knew that he was going to push them to to be their best and yeah. and to win championships, and so. I think that's, you asked me what they all had in common. I think none of them worried about being liked. Yeah. They, they always cared about taking care of their business and making themselves as good as they can be. And then when it came to others, they put the team and what was good for the team and how to drive their teammates to the goals that are the best for the team that took precedence over being liked mm-hmm. and there's something to be said about that how do you balance that as a head coach when you're 
you need to be respected by the team. You also want them to like you, but you also don't want to be, I remember Herm Edwards would always say when I was with him, you can't be their friend. I was a young coach, right? So I'm close in age and he, you can't be their buddy. You can't be their friend. They need to respect you. How do you balance that You know, when you want to make decisions and be a player's coach, but you also got to lay the hammer down and you also need to earn, earn their respect? Well, I think one thing that when anyone asks me to describe our program in one word, mm -hmm. I always use the word parental, <laughs> um, meaning we are going to shower our players with unconditional love and no matter what happens or, you know, and we're going to dive into their lives and, and be very present and, and active um, in their lives off the field. Mm -hmm. We're going to, much like a parent, we're going to give them every tool and resource known to man to be successful off and on the field. But also, like a parent, we're gonna hold them to some very high standards mm -hmm. and um, educate them when and if those standards aren't met on, yeah. on how to achieve them the, the next time. And so I, I don't think, I know this, I love my kids, but I wouldn't call any of them my friends. Mm. Yeah. You know, they're, yeah. they're my kids. Yeah. and. I think Herm Edwards was right. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't think going the friend route <laughs> is gonna work. long term. It, may, it yeah. may for the first few months and hey, we're cool, we're cool. I love Coach Herman. But then when, when the hammer's got to drop. What happened? Yeah, then they're <laughs> like, well, wait, you, we, were, we were buddies yesterday, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, so I, I, I do think that there is a, there needs to be a separation, but not uh, like employer, employee, boss to mm -hmm. uh, subordinate. Yeah. I think it's very similar to parent, yeah. you know, where there's, yes, I love you. Yes, we're gonna have a good time together. Yes, we're gonna share the ups and downs of life together. We're going to go through so much together. However, <laughs> yeah. I'm still here yeah, and I'm not your friend. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. 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 That makes sense. Uh, last few things I got for you, coach. Appreciate all your time. Um, if this place FAU is to win an AAC championship is to compete at the scale and the level you want it to, what needs to happen? What are the few things that, that need to happen here for, to get to that level? Well, I, I think we need campus and student support, yeah. and, and I'm working on that every day. You know, I, I think when you look right up the road and at Central Florida, you know, they're, they're probably about 10 years ahead of us mm -hmm. in terms of turning a quote-unquote commuter school into yeah. a vibrant yeah. campus life. And we're, we're getting there now. We're building new new dorms as we speak we're mm -hmm. challenging our student body uh to be more engaged i think you know the basketball team going to the final four was Unreal. absolutely <laughs> yeah. the best thing that could have happened to fau in the last mm -hmm. 10 years uh, because it proved to everyone on campus uh how powerful yeah. playing at uh, a sport at, a, at, a, at such an elite level mm -hmm. uh, can be for the campus. So I think that's probably the biggest thing. Uh, we're we're going to have the players. 
uh, we're, we're going to have the staff. We've got an unbelievable facility to train yeah, in. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, we need the community and campus community uh, support. And not that we don't have it. Mm-hmm. We just we need to continue to grow it. Yeah. Facility has to be one of the best in a group of five, right? I mean, I've, ne- I've, I've never, yeah. I mean, we didn't have this at Texas when we were there. <laughs> uh, we, we didn't, you're laughing, we yeah. didn't. <laughs> now we, we built it, some <laughs> yeah, other guys, there now. some <laughs> other guys, some other guys sitting, yeah. sitting in it. But um, uh, when we got there, not even, not even close yeah. to what we have here. And so the bones are here yeah. and the, uh, the ability with with vision with support with um some elbow grease mm. uh, is there to make this you know i i i tell recruits i i i think at least 75% of uh power 5 programs would love a facility no doubt. like this yeah in the location. <laughs> well, yeah. I just thought of something I wanted to ask earlier and I, and yeah. I forgot. When Go you ahead. when you uh, quarterback talk, when you're evaluating a quarterback on film, a high school kid or in the portal, being around as many great ones as you have, what are the what's the first couple things you're looking at on film? Is it is it throwing motion? Is it So we're talking tangibles, not intangibles. Yeah. At we, this we, point. we we talk we talk the intangibles. What are you looking for from a physical standpoint on film to say yes or no, this guy can play here or he can't? I think accuracy is important. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's different when you hit a receiver on a slant here versus here. No doubt. You know, and breaking stride. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know that that is really really important to make sure a guy can anticipate and and be able to yeah. deliver the ball on time and accurately. Um, I think in today's RPO. Um, age you know a quick fast release Mm -hmm. is is really really important and then you know do do they need to be michael vick or or uh lamar jackson no they they don't but can they at least extend plays with their feet are they athletic enough to you know move in the pocket and Mm -hmm. get out of the pocket and all of that because Mm -hmm. the, the the game uh, so much of the game is not played in the pocket yeah. anymore. Yeah. Last two things. I end almost every podcast with these two questions. What's the best piece of advice you've ever received? <laughs> I've received a lot of advice. <laughs> um, probably just be yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think us as coaches, we, we, we learn from some really, really, you know, quality coaches and we get to positions that we're in because of the influence that those mentors had on us, mm-hmm. but we're never going to be them. Yeah. We've got to be us and we've got to, I've got to be me. Mm-hmm. But with those foundations of um, success that you've learned along the years, but you've still got to be yeah. you in, in your own skin. Yeah, can't be someone else. No, it makes sense. 
Uh, last thing, what, what's your why? What's the reason when you wake up in the morning and you're grinding it out, spending 14 hour days as a, in the office, what, what's, what's the reason you're doing it? What, what motivates you? My wife and kids. Uh, I say that, yes, that's true, but there's, there's a 1B and that's players. Mm -hmm. um, my wife and kids, you know, I, I, we have chosen this life and we're too far down the road to, <laughs> to unchoose back. it. Um, so I'm going to do my best to make sure that um, I provide a life for them, not just um, with material things, but with examples of, mm -hmm. of how to be a good husband and, and father and uh, man. Mm -hmm. uh, but right next to that one is players. Is players. Yeah. And I just... I know the impact that coaches had on my life growing up and I want to make sure that I say this all the time. Like we, we've got a lot of rings and trophies and mm -hmm. all that watches and all that cool stuff in my office. But, um, the funnest days of this job are when a young man comes back, maybe 30 years old, he's got his wife and, two kids and mm -hmm. knocks on your office door and says, coach, you got a sack? Hey, you know, and it's like, and he says those, those two absolutely magical words to you, which are thank you. Mm -hmm. And when, when guys leave and, and they realize that they are better husbands mm -hmm. and they are better fathers and they are better employees and they are better members of the community, just a bit better men mm -hmm. for having been in our program, that, that is what motivates me. Yeah, it's amazing. Anything else, anything else you want to talk about? No. Anything I missed? No. All good? Just I, hair I product? <laughs> I got nothing in it right now. Well, come, come on. And nothing, just water, I swear. Yeah, I'm not lying. You guys believe this? He's full of shit. There's I'm not no lying. Way his hair can stand up like that. I'm not lying. It's water, man. Well, then you, you, then you put it in last <laughs> night or something, like before you went to bed. No, I'm good. Uh, I appreciate your time. It's been, yeah. it's been fun. I'm, I'm excited for people to see it. I know this is more coach-centric, but we've got players around if you want to. Talk to them, or I don't know what your, your yeah, schedule well, is. Yeah, we actually but. have a flight in two hours, but <laughs> but we um. Where yeah, are, you, are you? I'm in Pennsylvania. I'm in you're Philadelphia. You're still in Harrisburg. Yeah, I'm in Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Yeah, Philadelphia. Yeah. I I recruited a kid out of Central Pennsylvania. I drove through Hershey with yeah. all the street lights being kisses. Did you get some chocolate down there too? I I did not. <laughs> I flew into Harrisburg. I can't remember. Were, were you at what, what school? I was at Iowa State. The kid's name was James Capello. I still remember his name. He was the Gatorade Player of the Year in basketball and football or something like that. Um, are there some, tell me some of the small towns around Harrisburg. Camp Hill, Middletown. 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 Yeah. That was it. You slick him up? <laughs> no, he's a quarterback. I mean, this, bro, this is like, 2009. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is there is there anyone in uh, like from a recruiting battle that you're like that you 
lost out on that you're like, man, that still haunts you to this day? Any any guys like that? We asked we asked well, Shane. What Beamer about the here. wins? Well, you've had a lot of wins. So there's a well documented, but the ones people don't know about all yeah, the time. Yeah, Bijan Robinson losses. was is probably the the funnest win that that yeah. we had just because of all the other places that were recruiting him and you know God only makes one Bijan Robinson a year, yeah. you know, if if that. <laughs> how how do you how do you find out he was coming? How how did he commit? He just called you and told you? Well, he called me and told me he was going somewhere else. Um, Wait, really? Oh, yeah. A lot of people don't know that. Uh, and then about two weeks later, he said him and his family had prayed about it. I gave him, I gave him space. It wasn't, we didn't pressure him by any stretch. And he said through prayer, um, he was being led to the University of Texas and it was awesome. Um, but you, you talk about losses. Um, just the, the, because of the season he had last year, probably Quentin Johnston at mm -hmm. TCU. Yeah. You know, we, we had him committed and for a variety of reasons chose TCU, which obviously worked out for yeah. him and, and his family unbelievably well, yeah. but um, yeah. I wish we Turned would have okay we, yeah. we got the coach. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's funny, man, the recruiting trail, that's, that's what those people don't realize, how 24-7, that stuff, especially now. I literally, in the staff meeting, reminded our coaches, like, you're professional recruiters. Like, yeah. I became a lot better coach when I went from Iowa State to Ohio State <laughs> and coached Braxton Miller and Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. boy, isn't that funny how, yeah. how much better of a coach I became? Yeah. <laughs> like, it just... I remember Coach Franklin at Penn State one time when I was like thinking about getting into coaching. He was like, you can get into coaching, but just realize in college, it's like 80% talent acquisition and 20% develop, development. He said, if you're going to get promoted, you're not getting promoted because you have the best tight end drills. <laughs> You're so not. you're getting getting promoted if you recruit the best tight ends. Amen. And uh, and that was my first eye opener. And then I saw it. You know, like the best. A lot of times, the best football minds are like analysts, and like and like they're not always the the position coaches because right. they're not great recruiters, and they don't want to do it. Right. <laughs> like go to the NFL, <laughs> get right. out of college if you don't want to recruit. And then you get the position coaches who don't know football at all. <laughs> they're just the recruiters, right? You try to avoid those. <laughs> it's I'm sure. Kind of backwards, right? Yeah. <laughs> when you think about it. Yeah. This guy could never game plan. All right, yeah. I got to roll. Before we get to the pod, I want to tell you all about our newest sponsor, Athletic Greens. And let me tell you, when I found out about this sponsor, I was fired up because I've been using Athletic Greens for years, and I want to promote to you guys the things I actually use. I love Athletic Greens. As a former Division I athlete, I've tried countless supplements, and recently, my nutrition and my health has become a bigger deal for me as I get farther away from my playing career. And let me tell you, Athletic Greens is the real deal, has me feeling healthy and energized every single day. With as much as I'm on the road, traveling, shooting podcasts, it's hard to have a healthy diet, hard to have healthy nutrition, hard for me to get my vitamins and minerals every single day. My doctor even told me that last time I saw him. But with Athletic Greens, I get 75 plus vitamins, minerals, and a bunch of other healthy things. I don't even know what they are, but I know they're good for you. And when I wake up every single day now, I feel energized, my digestion has never been better, and I'm ready to attack each and every day because of Athletic Greens and AG1. So if you want to take ownership of your health like I am right now, try AG1 today at drinkag1.com 
slash next up and you get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs when you go to my link tryag1.com slash next up. And guys, all of you who support this podcast, you guys supporting our sponsors helps me a ton. So please go support AG1 and support next up through the process and optimize your health and nutrition today. Drinkag1.com slash next up. Check it out. Before we get back to the pod, I got to tell you all something real quick. If you haven't heard already, it is smooth sack summer. That's right, this is a summer you keep your balls cool while still looking hot with Manscaped. Manscaped's the leader in below-the-waist grooming, and they all want us to have a ball this summer. Dive headfirst into smooth sack summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with my code ADAMB. Quick story for you guys about Manscaped. So last summer, before I was a Manscaped user, I was grooming myself before I went to the beach. And let's just say I had a little accident and nicked my balls the wrong way, I had a little bit of a cut. Now, normally I'm a big beach guy and dive right into the ocean. Now, normally I'm a big ocean guy, but this time I went headfirst into the salt water, and let's just say that grooming issue down below came back to haunt me in the worst possible way. That was when I went looking for a solution for my grooming, the family jewels, and I found Manscaped, and I've used it almost every single day. Well, not quite every day every other day since. So trust me, you're hearing it from me, a guy with experience, you need Manscaped to trim your family jewels because it is officially smooth sack summer. Go to manscaped.com, use my code ADAMB for 20% off and free shipping on your next order. And please guys, support the sponsors of this podcast because it helps me, allows us to travel around and have one amazing guest. So support Manscaped for sponsoring this pod. Go to manscaped.com, use the code ADAMB for 20% off and free shipping on your next order. Before we get back to the pod, I wanna tell you guys about prize Picks the best way to fire on sports. It's how I fire on sports every time there's a big game. Prize Picks is different than regular sports betting. On Prize Picks, you pick players and not teams. So every player has a set projection for each game. Say Steph Curry, 30 points total, and you pick higher or lower than 30 points. And if it hits, you win. So if you know sports and know players and know how they're going to perform in each game, you can make tons of money on Prize Picks. And the best part is prize picks is fantasy, not sports betting, so it's legal in most states, all the states in yellow below. And now here's the best part. I have a $100 deposit bonus for you guys. Use the code NEXTUP when you download the prize picks app or click the link in the description, and you'll get a $100 deposit bonus to use the next time you want to fire on prize picks. 